Well, I was impressed with OU's 73-0 win over Arkansas State. Parker was impressed with OU's 73-0 win. Heck, we are all at least a little impressed with what OU was able to do Saturday against Arkansas State. But you know who else was impressed? Who Maybe the single most impressed person in the stadium on Saturday. And a hat tip to Tulsa World for getting this story. Danny Okoye was there on Saturday. And apparently he was really, really impressed with what he saw from OU on Saturday. Some very interesting quotes from Okoye to the Tulsa World in a story today. My visit to Oklahoma was everything. My visit to Oklahoma was everything I would have wanted from an official, to be honest. Coach Miguel Chavis was the one who finally convinced me to come down to Norman, and I'm really glad I did. Coach Chavis just made me think about it practically. I was just really looking at the season that they had last year, not the potential that they had. This visit was everything that he could have wanted, Parker, and more. He even said, I knew OU was going to beat Arkansas State. I didn't know it was going to be like that. That was way beyond my expectations. 73 nothing win looks even better now with Danny Okoye saying, hey, I knew it was going to be bad. I didn't think it was going to be that bad. Very, very impressed with OU. Which just goes to show you that via dominant play on the football field on Saturdays, you can make the strongest of impressions even with a school like Arkansas State on the opposing sideline. As far as recruiting is concerned, there is always, always the opportunity to make an impression. That is what Oklahoma did, not only with the kid from across the pond, Daniel Akinkumi, but the kid from right up the road in Tulsa and Danny Okoye. Quote, the way I saw the defense play made me 100% regret cutting OU out of my recruitment early. Wow. Geez. Wow. Yeah. Hey, you know who isn't worried about the uh, lack of pass rush on Saturday? Sounds like Danny Okoye, huh? Or, or maybe he saw the pass rush, I don't know, and was like, hey, the de- defense around is pretty good. I can go in there and play immediately. But, hey, I, I was impressed, but, man, Danny Okoye is like, that and that quote it. right there yeah. underscores the reason why I went so far earlier in the week as to say getting Danny Okoye would be the biggest recruiting win of Miguel Chavis's coaching career. And potentially, I, I would say if not for Peyton Bowen, it would rank as the biggest win for this new coaching staff in their tenure at Oklahoma. And that is because for the longest time, Danny Okoye had zero interest whatsoever in the University of Oklahoma. And now here we are in September of 2023, three months before Danny Okoye and most everyone else will put pen to paper with their school of choice. And the Sooners are the clear and obvious front runner to land a commitment from the Tulsa Noah superstar. Yeah. I mean, like you, like you said, it really just goes to show you Especially for defensive players. Offensive guys, they don't need to see anything. OU's been throwing up, you know, big points for a long time now. But for defensive guys, how much OU can really change the narrative if they can stack together consistent elites, really good defensive performances this year. Now, is there going to be a four-star defensive lineman or a five-star backer or a four-star linebacker in Vegas that's going to say, oh, they shut out Arkansas State. Let's go. I'm ready to join in. Danny Okoye might be the only one that's already there, but it does go to show you that OU went from not even being in this guy's picture, 
They convinced him a little bit, like, hey, don't worry about that. We're going to play better defense. Danny Okoye saw it for himself on Saturday, and yeah, apparently that had a big hand. And uh, OU all of a sudden being the, I don't know, all of a sudden being the leader, but definitely being the the big leader right now in his recruitments. Gunny of Stutzman Army has chimed in on the text line Uh and said, how does me putting in my first ever crystal bong prediction for Nigel Smith to (laughs) OU at a full (laughs) confidence of 420? Affect uh, recruiting. Are we going to start doing that? Well, I, you know, I, I don't know how the rest of you guys feel about Grant Briggs, but there is a new crystal b- bong prediction at a 420 for Grant Briggs to come to OU. Oh, there is? I, no, I'm just saying, is that how we're oh, going to okay, go about okay. this now? I was about to say, did Briggs, Gunny drop another one? I mean, come on, it's it's December, guy, uh, guys. Briggs commits tomorrow. There is a 420 crystal bong prediction in for him. <laughs> that is funny and creative at the uh, same Love time, it, Gunny. Gunny. Love it. We got Gunny on the case. We got Ronnie Crimson on the case. Dude, Ronnie Crimson was on Twitter last night teasing a potential pursuit of Williams Nguyenary. How do we feel about that? Do we want him to just skip until 25 or try to double up the I, cycle? I think, I think most every Sooner fan is in agreement here, Tyler. You want Ronnie Crimson and his sterling recruiting track record tweeting at Williams Nguyenary. Yeah, stay with the hot hand. It's like OU's yeah, approach exactly. to the uh, running back position. They may play four or five backs this weekend. But if someone has the hot hand, you stick with it. So Who's got go, the Ronnie? hot hand right now? Mm. It's Ronnie Crimson. Yeah. Uh, a, a couple more quotes from Danny Okoye, that Tulsa World story. I like the relentless relentlessness that Brent Venables has nurtured in his football team. I didn't see them take a single play off. They were suffocating line of scrimmage every single play, and then the offense went out and put points on the board. That's how football is supposed to be played but that's not the way things were looking last year. I think things are definitely on the up and up. Well, he was turned off like the rest of us on last year, was he not? He saw that 6 and 7 last year and he said as much previously, but he saw 6 and 7 and the way the the football last year, he's like, "Yeah, I'm not." He he's he's seeing things the way they are right now and he he's Seems like he's all about it at this point. And then SMU comes to Norman on Saturday, drops 59 points, and Danny Okoye commits to Tennessee. Yeah. No. Don't <laughs> say that, please. <laughs> you know there's somebody on the text line that's possible. thinking that, though. You know somebody, probably recruiting Doomer or the Ethan Downs hater, is out there thinking that. Ronnie Crimson, if the defense looks good on Saturday, I'm coming after Winery. Okay. Okay, there's a lot Loud of Loud clear, Ronnie Crimson. Let's go. Chris in the 918, it's not recruiting. It's weed recruiting with Gunny. Uh, Joe from Guthrie says, haven't been able to listen this week, so you might have talked about it. So apologies if so. But if Clemson goes to the dumps, could we see Bryant Wesco and Sammy Brown look elsewhere? If Clemson goes to the dumps, Yes. Let's just let's, let's but I don't tap think the nine brakes and three, on that. But though. I don't think like nine and three is in the dumps for Clemson. Sure, like in the dumps to me is like five and seven, a catastrophe that happens this year. Exactly. If and the I don't wheels see that fall happening. off, if the wheels fall off, yes, there is a chance both those guys take a step back and reevaluate. But the wheels falling off does not equal nine and three or even eight and four to me. Yeah, that's just that's a down year that you can solve by a adapting to the transfer portal era and b stocking up with five star talent of which Bryant Wesco and Sammy Brown are. I uh, and if I'm Bryant Wesco and I'm all in on Clemson and I'm watching their offense, I'm saying to myself, "Ooh, do they have any special talents at wide receiver? Do they have a dude at wide receiver?" Bryant Wesco is going to go in there and probably play as a true freshman oh, out yeah, there. Yeah, he will. Yeah, he's that's going to happen. 
Um, okay, let's go to uh, – guys, do you really think uh, – well, let's go to this one first. got to say I love Danny Okoye's style, and I wanted to go to that one because I kind of felt that ever since he was here in studio. Uh, everything that he says, like, well, hey, I wasn't in on OU before, but now here's why I am in on OU because they're playing elite defense – I like the tenacity that they're playing with defensively. I love what Brent Venables is building. Like, if you're not already a fan of this kid, it's not going to take you long to be a fan of this kid. If you're no, you like, I, I think every fan is going to uh, be a big fan of what he's all about. No question, and you know that that dude, especially coming from a well, a homeschool football program, a program that is not particularly used to sending kids to. The P5 level. Laurent Stokes is kind of the sterling recent example, or a counterexample, I suppose, of that. But this is a kid that's had to work his tail off to get to where he is physically because, you know, Noah Homeschools is not exactly endowed with the same type of facilities and resources as a school like Jenks or Union up there in the 918. So. Danny Okoye is blue-collar by necessity, which in many ways is the perfect – is a perfect fit for everything that Oklahoma is defensively and everything that they're trying to cultivate in that locker room from a culture perspective. This is new territory, man, um, with Nigel Smith. And I forgot who brought it up yesterday on the Knippel Myers Chevrolet text line saying, thank you, Nigel. Thank you for no drama the past two years. Thank you for an easygoing recruitment up to this point. It's the day before, it's Nigel Smith Eve, and we've had no drama up to this point, and I'm almost like um, programmed to think that know, like, some crazy okay. drama is, I'm going to see some weird A&M crystal ball or something later on tonight, but there, there, there has been no drama, and I don't think that there's going to be any drama uh, going in tomorrow, and to, I just don't know how to react to that. Well, to your point, you've been conditioned to expect a curveball at some point yes. along the way, right? Yes. And that's just... It's not coming, man. It hasn't come and it won't come. Just don't know how, if we know how good we have it with this one here. Nigel Smith, top 90 player nationally. Has there ever, one time, has there ever been a prediction that has been logged for Nigel Smith that is not OU? No. At no point has that ever I, been the case. Yeah, yeah, there's been a lot of predictions that have been logged, but none of them have ever been for... Have you had your Nigel Smith prediction in for over a... For over a year, or did you log it in the last uh, it was, the I last be- spring game? I believe mid-November that I put that prediction in for yeah. Nigel Smith. So, I believe that was the first across the industry for Nigel Smith to OU. That was the breaking of the dam, as it were. But yeah, even so, that was – and it was one at the time that I said, you know what, this is probably one that's a little bit overdue because Oklahoma made a – Huge move in that recruitment at the 2022 spring game, and then things just continued to pick up steam and pick up steam and pick up steam all throughout the summer and fall. Uh, he is announcing tomorrow before his football game, which starts at 7:20. He's going on Instagram live uh, from out there in. I, I think they play at home tomorrow, right? Out in Melissa. Yes, Kenny Deal Stadium, brand you, new facility. Is that where you're going to be tomorrow? You going uh, to Melissa? That is where my colleague Brandon Drum will be. Mm-hmm. I will be in Keller, Texas, watching four star. Yes, watching four star Oklahoma commit Ivan Carrion. Nice. Yeah. Well, uh, Nigel Smith, Eve, six five, two hundred and sixty pounds, number sixteen, 
player in the state of Texas via rival. So good news on that front. Good news on the Danny Okoye front. And we'll get into Grant Bricks, what's next with Terry Bussey, and a whole lot more coming up next right here on Locked In. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll hit your text and more Cruton coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. What up, Ref Army? We see you listening worldwide once again today via our free app in the App Store. Just search KREF. This one really got me excited. Aberdeen, South Dakota is tuned in today. Hey there! I don't know who's tuned in from Aberdeen, South Dakota, but is your last name Hypel? Please let us know on the text line if that's the case. Aberdeen, South Dakota, Toronto, Canada. Mesa, Arizona, El Paso, Texas, Columbia, South Carolina, Shawnee, Kansas, Evansville, Indiana, and for our small Oklahoma town of the day, first-timer, Wright City, Oklahoma. Thank you to everyone tuning us, tuning us in via the free KREF app in the App Store. Tell me if you think that this is an oddly high number. Okay. I was going through the top 20 players in the state of Texas – for this for this cycle, and to see you know just how many are OU commits, how many are Texas commits, how many are A and M commits. So four of the top twenty are uncommitted in the state of Texas. Sixteen committed players in the top twenty. Ten different schools are represented out of those sixteen committed players in the top twenty right now in the wow. state of Texas. Yeah, Texas of course they got sure. Colin Simmons. Georgia, Clemson's got two. Florida. OU, A&M, LSU, Michigan, Ohio State, Arkansas. And if Micah Hudson ends up committing to Texas Tech, ah, it'd be 11 Tech, different baby. schools. That seems like a very high number to me. Yeah, who are the other uncommitted guys in the top 20 besides Micah Hudson? Obviously, Kobe he's Black, the big one. Kobe Black, Terry yeah, Bussey, and then Nigel Smith, who's coming okay. off the board tomorrow. Yeah, so there, there won't be any new teams with the exception of potentially Texas Tech with Micah Hudson. But even so, like, I... I never put in a Texas Tech prediction for Micah Hudson, and the reason why is because I just I find it astronomically hard to believe a yeah. player of that caliber ends up actually signing well, with Texas Tech. He won't commit to him, man. I mean, it's been over a month now. That's what we I'm said. saying. When's like, he going to commit to Tech? When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Oh, but he's still the leader. Is what they is what they say. That I just I, that that surprised me a lot. That ten different schools are represented in the state of Texas. Uh, with 16 commits in the top 20. And Clemson's got, you know, a couple of those guys. Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, it is um, – like how many major conferences are represented there? The Big 12, the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 10. Really, it's only the, the Pac-12 out of the five major power conferences that aren't represented in the state of Texas in the top 20. So is that, is that something that's very unique to this class? Is that something that we can expect more and more moving forward? Because that's as spread out as I feel like we've seen this, the state of Texas maybe in a while. Well, and what you must consider, too, is that it's huh, – and how do I put this? I, I, I don't want OU fans to get mad at me, but the reality is Oklahoma is coming off a 6-7 and seven season. Texas hasn't been good, hasn't been legit good in over a decade. A&M was 5-7 and seven a year ago. And so we, we would be accustomed, typically, to those three schools doing the most damage down in the Lone Star State. You know, and, you know, there will be a few that go to LSU 
every single year. LSU is probably the out-of-state school along with Oklahoma that has the strongest pull in the state of Texas. But when none of those flagship institutions that recruit the Lone Star State very heavily, very regularly, and very effectively are at the top of their game, then it swings the doors wide open for anybody to come in and, you know, it's open season on those top guys. So that's why you see Arkansas and Florida and Clemson and Georgia being able to come into the state of Texas and capitalize. I mean, you have an offensive lineman in Austin going to Michigan. Yes. I mean, you had a wide receiver. Well, to be fair, he is a Michigan legacy. Okay. Well, you had a wide receiver coming out of Austin who was, uh, looks like he's going to be a really good wide receiver in the NFL, go to Ohio State a few years ago uh, back in in Garrett Wilson. So it's just, it's interesting, man, that Ohio State, Ohio State's really been able to get in the state of Texas. Feels like one or two elite players most years. Um, It's just, it's just interesting. So a little bit, a little bit more difficult, maybe, to recruit in the state of Texas for OU, but man, they're making up for that by going to the state of Washington, going out to <laughs> Bishop Gorman, uh, going up to get a, a really good player in the state of Minnesota. Like Texas is always going to be a focal point, but they're not scared to go across all corners of the country to go find a player either. So I wouldn't panic about it too much. Is is the point? No, not by a long shot. And I think you know we've talked about that. As, as time goes on, as time passes, the Sooners are going to want to constrict their recruiting base more and more so that you're only recruiting, and not quite exclusively recruiting, but mostly only recruiting within a 300-mile radius or so. And so you look at the 2025 class, you got two commits from the DFW area. You got one commit from within state lines in Elijah Thomas. And I guess Kevin Sperry is no longer DFW, and he's an in-state guy now too, but uh, you also got a kid from Kansas City, Missouri, in Kamari Moore. So you've already got a strong local nucleus in the 2025 cycle, but when you consider some of the guys that could pop down the line, one guy that we talked about yesterday it's back on campus this weekend is Christian Thatcher, the linebacker out of Las Vegas. And with Vegas kind of being DeMarco Murray's territory, there is something to be said for maintaining – a firmly planted flag in hotbeds from outside that radius that have been kind to you in the past. So I still expect Oklahoma to recruit Las Vegas. I think they will still do a bit of recruiting down in Florida. And obviously they'll continue to try and make inroads down in Georgia, in Alabama, because you go to the SEC, you want to be able to mine those areas. But I think we'll get to a point at which – 60% of Oklahoma's class, in all likelihood, comes from within 300 miles of Norman. Paul in M-Dub says, Tejas has limited their recruiting base to Bishop Sycamore. During the decade of suck, it definitely looks like they've had a lot of players from Bishop Sycamore on on the roster. Drew from Flower Mound says, don't forget Jaden Greathouse. Yes, love the way that the uh, true freshman has looked so far. For Notre Dame, he had a really good game against Navy. He had a couple touchdowns in his first ever collegiate game. Um, the, the recruiting doomer says, so um, just woke up, night shift still. What's the good news with the Koye? And is there anything I can do to help with the Crosstown neighbor? Recruiting doomer, I think you're fine, man. Because apparently all that needs to happen is OU needs to continue to play at a high level defensively. Because he came away saying, oh my gosh, that was the best visit possible better than I could have imagined. And did you see the OU defense against Arkansas State? Wow. 
That's like the short summary of his uh, recruiting visit this weekend, basically. Yes, the TLDR version is that uh, Danny Koye loves him some Oklahoma. Uh, 405, just so it's text line official, 5517OU. We are spanking that ass this weekend. Yes, I am a homer. <laughs> 5517. I'm not too far off from that. Uh, 918 says Terry Bussey updates. That's JJ in Broken Arrow. What, what, what's next here with Terry Bussey? What are we, what are we talking Alabama about? Alabama this weekend, probably a visit to A&M the following weekend, and then a trip to LSU on the 23rd before he commits on the 28th. So is, I, I am not holding my breath. Is Terry Bussey, like, does Alabama really have a chance here, or is Terry Bussey doing what I would have done? And just, oh, I could go to Alabama for the Bama-Texas game this weekend? Yeah, pr- yeah, yeah let's yeah, go. Probably so. That's probably about what it is. And obviously Texas is in his final five, too, so you get the opportunity to see both of those programs in action. And last I heard, Terry Bussey was kind of out – or, I'm sorry, Texas was kind of out of it for Terry Bussey. But I, <laughs> what if the Longhorns go and win in Tuscaloosa? Don't say that out loud, please. It's- I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I could uh, shift the tides with more than just one guy in Terry Bussey. But yes, I, I, I just want to. I want to make it clear to folks. Me saying OU is in the running for Terry Bussey does not equal me driving up optimism that OU is going to land Terry Bussey because inevitably, like for every time there's a kid that Oklahoma finishes second or third or somewhere within the top five for, there are people that are saying, why on earth were we sold on Oklahoma having a chance with this kid? Well, it's because they did. They do have a chance with Terry Bussey. I wouldn't say it's a strong chance, but they're in this thing. Patrick says, my daughter said that all the SMU people are on Instagram just bragging about how they're going to kick the crap out of OU. She said the hate is amazing. She was asking me what's up with that. I told her I had no idea about it. Do you think... That the SMU student body is very similar to that of the TCU student body that we saw in the OU-TCU game last year and what has gone viral on social media before the TCU-Colorado game this week. I wonder if there's some similarities there between the uh, TCU and SMU students. I don't know. There's there's probably got to be some. I've obviously never been to SMU for a game, so I cannot speak to the overall vibe of that student section. And judging by their crowd, not many of their students or fans have been to an SMU game either. (laughs) There was about 3,000 people there. It's a shame because they got a pretty nice stadium. Both SMU and TCU, I will say, the TCU student section is as uncouth as it gets. But SMU and TCU are very similar in that I really like both campuses. I really like TCU both stadiums. TCU actually is a cool stadium. Yeah. There's not anything going on outside of the stadium, but the stadium itself is like, oh yeah, this is a nice, this is a cute little stadium. Yeah, this is this is a this is a cool little stadium. It's nothing that you're going to see in the SEC, but yeah, for, for Big Twelve standard, it's a nice stadium. OU Optimist says SMU has three times the snob factor. At I TCU. could, you know what? I could probably see that OU Optimist tuition's what seventy thousand dollars a year. At SMU? That, that also doesn't surprise me either. Did you look that up? No, I heard like, that. That's last I knew it was somewhere in that vicinity. Uh, 405. Guys, Danny Okoye liked my comment on X. Does this mean what I think it means? Yes. He's, he's coming home committed. in a covered wagon. Maybe. I don't know. I Maybe uh, the decision's been made. Who, who knows? I, I'm just trying to really figure out what he was talking about today 
on X, or I call it Twitter. We uh, all call it Twitter. Top Please three, don't call it X. Top three dropping soon. Finna surprise y'all. What what is what does that mean? Because I've thought the top three for a while, or we thought the top three for a while, OU, Texas, and Tennessee. What's he going to do to surprise us? Say my top three is OU, OU, and OU. Would that even surprise us if he were to say that at this point? <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious, wouldn't it? Oh, that'd be an amazing. It's just three different OU that's logos. His that's his commit. Th- edits in three different OU jerseys. Oh, that that'd actually be hilarious. Very clever too. Finn a surprise, y'all, is what he's saying. But I, th- I feel like most people that pay attention to recruiting say OU, Texas, and Tennessee. We'll see what uh, we'll see what yeah, like, is he gonna, does. He's going to throw Colorado in there. I I don't know. Uh, please but. don't. I, no, I don't. I don't. I don't want to go through that one down the stretch. Though he has taken a visit to uh, Boulder in the past. Nine one eight SMU TCU equals spoiled ass brats. So all right, let's get the S. It's Thursday. We can get some SMU hate going on here on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I wouldn't dislike that at all. At all. I just like judging by their home game attendance last Saturday, they're going to bring about fifteen fans this weekend. So we're going to have to trash talk them here because there's not going to be any SMU fans to trash talk on Saturday in Norman. Pathetic, pathetic attendance by SMU fans on Saturday on their home field. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get the latest with Michael Boganowski and Grant Bricks coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune. This hour is brought to you by Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. Dorsey Jones is family-owned and operated, established in 2020, but many of their employees have been there for more than 20 years. Their low-pressure environment creates an enjoyable experience for everyone, and their sales staff is knowledgeable and eager to assist you before and after the buying process. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. I saw... Clint Cosgrove of Rivals wrote a story on Michael Boganowski. Um, and kind of the the main theme, I thought, with that, I don't know if you got a chance to read it or not, Parker, Michael Boganowski does not seem to be in a hurry to, to make a decision. And there were, what, four schools listed in that story, OU, K-State, Kansas, and Florida State. Feels like it's OU and Kansas State. And according to this story, it doesn't feel like he's in much of a hurry to make a decision. No, but by the same token, it kind of feels like, okay, there are a lot of similarities, actually, between that recruitment and the Grant Bricks recruitment, because it's two schools in both cases. It's Oklahoma and somebody else. For Boganowski, it's K-State. For Nebraska, it's, or for Bricks, it's Nebraska. And in both cases, the other school is the school that's geographically closest to home, and both of those guys are kind of approaching the end stages of their recruitment process from the standpoint of, okay, I'm just going to commit whenever it feels right i'm not going to put a clock on this i'm not going to put a timetable on this but when i'm ready to commit i'm going to commit and that'll be that so i when michael boganowski commits i do not know but i just i I mentioned this last night on the ou insider youtube show and so i'll mention it here again i was talking to a good source about the boganowski situation and i told that source i was like look the way I feel on it is the longer this thing drags out, the better things look for Kansas State. You would have to figure that's the case, right? And that source told me, eh, that, I don't know about that. I don't know about that because, and again, this is the source's words, not mine. But 
that particular individual told me, look, Kansas State's the easy choice here, right? It's the real easy choice. Close to home. He's got two younger brothers. They were his first offer. So why hadn't he already committed to Kansas State? That source also pointed out, the kid's been to Oklahoma eight times now. Yeah. It's real easy to visit Kansas State eight times over the course of a recruitment process because Kansas State is 15 minutes up the road for Boganowski. It's a lot more difficult and de- demands a lot more of an investment of time and money and energy and effort to visit a school that's four hours away eight times. Yeah, I mean, that's it's... It feels like we talk about so many prospects that, well, this guy's visited six times. This guy's visited the previous two spring games. It, it feels like this staff really, I mean, excels in a lot of areas in recruiting. Um, but they they do a very nice job, whether it's camps, whether it's OVs, whether it's unofficials. It seems like we've talked about in the past two recruiting cycles a lot of players, and elite players as well, that end up, before they make their announcement, they make it up to Norman like seven or eight times. And that's not a theme across the board necessarily for every single prospect, but that is the case for a lot of prospects um, that we've seen over the course of the past two years. And yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's going to, uh, to change at all. What about, what about Grant Bricks? What's the what, – hold on real quick uh, on Michael Boganowski because I did see – on like the uh, the rivals future cast, and I think OU's got seventy five percent of the predictions in. Kansas State has twenty five. Are the national um, are the national guys starting to come around to the idea that OU's the leader here? Is that is that flipped at all? No, and I don't know. To be honest with you, I think there are certain prospects for whom the national guys aren't going to have a very good pulse, and I think Boganowski and Bricks are two such players. There is not a single prediction across the industry from any national recruiting analyst for Boganowski or for or for Bricks because the Midwest is a much more untapped region in terms of intel and in terms of the travels of those national recruiting personnel. And so you get a kid from Junction City, Kansas, and you get a kid from Logan, Iowa. It, people locally are going to know more about those situations than people nationally. And so that's why you see local predictions favoring OU, local predictions favoring Kansas State for Boganowski. You see a local prediction favoring, well, OU in my case, Nebraska uh, as well for Grant Bricks. So I I don't know that these are ones where you're necessarily going to be able to get a get a good read on where this thing is heading based on the word of the national recruiting folks because, quite honestly, I don't know if these are two recruitments that they're paying a ton of attention to. Sure. Well, with that being said, Grant Bricks um, could very well be the best offensive tackle in this entire recruiting cycle. I don't know if he's going to be rated as such, but he has the talent level to be considered that, the best offensive tackle in this class. Are some real updates going to be hard to come by with Grant Bricks, seeing as he doesn't necessarily have the exact date planned as when he's going to decide. It's just more of a yeah. feel thing. Yeah, it's it's probably honestly going to be one of those deals where we're going to wake up one morning and it'd be like, oh, Grant Bricks committed. I don't think you're really going to have much of a heads up that that is coming. Almost almost like uh, Eli Bowen. All the, well, <laughs> At least Eli Bowen said that he was going to commit before his season started, right? 
But it well, was that's just also totally what Graham Brick said, and then yeah. he didn't commit before his season started. Guy on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line: If we get both uh, uh, Smith and Okoye, who's next on the defensive line? Well, I can tell you who um, you hope's next on the defensive line, <laughs> and the staff is hoping is next on the defensive line. Uh, he plays at least some at North in Missouri, and in case you don't know who we're referring to here, yeah. That's, if if you get Smith and Okoye. Is there anybody else? Or at that point, do you solely focus on trying to flip Williams Winery and or Dominic McKinley? Because I feel like at that point you have four or you you would have five defensive line commits between Jaden Jackson, David Stone, your interior guys, and then uh you have Wyatt Gilmore already committed at defensive end, you'd have Nigel Smith at defensive end, Danny Okoye off the edge. At that point, I think you feel pretty good about that haul. And you're not going to go throw out additional offers just for the sake of adding more bodies as you prepare for that move to the SEC. So I think at that point, Oklahoma's sole focus becomes, all right, let's go see what we can do with Williams, Winery, and with Dominic McKinley here down the stretch. You know, um, anything could happen here down the stretch, especially if OU plays some really good defense and – Maybe they're um, potentially going to flip or in a position to flip someone that we're really not talking about every day. The point is, it feels like we're going to have a much quieter National Signing Day in December this year than maybe we had last year with DeSilvia well, Akana and Peyton Bowen. Yeah, I, that was loud. And it was funny because, like, on paper, it was a very quiet National Signing Day because all 24 of Oklahoma's commits at that point signed in the early signing period. But what you didn't see if you were following recruiting as a casual or if you were just following from arm's length, what you didn't see was how late in the game the Sooner staff was battling for Cecilia Kana and Peyton Bowen. I mean, I, and the Cecilia Kana situation – I know. Every, I think everybody was so concerned in the moment with Peyton Bowen that they all just kind of glossed over that. Like, okay, whatever, we didn't get Akana. Let's go get Peyton Bowen! Well, I remember being on but, the air when Tassili Akana uh, committed to Texas, yeah. and like the feeling was already so bad with Peyton Bowen that even though you were disappointed that Tassili Akana didn't pick OU, he picked Texas, Like the, the mood didn't get any worse because no, it was it really already didn't. at an all-time high. It was like, okay, that really sucks. That just piles on. But everyone's just, like you said, so focused right now on Peyton Bowen. Yeah, but again, like, just recruiting giveth, recruiting taketh away. Last signing day, it gave you Peyton Bowen. But, look, Tessilia Connor, the night before National Signing Day, told the OU staff that he was going to be signing with Oklahoma the next day. And needless to say... That didn't happen, so this is just kind of the nature of the beast. Uh, from the 918, JT and Tulsa says, the ponies of SMU are going to wish for the glue factory over what this OU defense is going to do to them Saturday. 45-17 OU. Now, I like that prediction, JT. 45-17. I myself, as I flip back, I, th- I had 45-17 as well. Really? But here's How my question. That? I would take 45-17 if offered right now. Wouldn't think about it. I think it'd be a really good defensive effort. But JT said the ponies of SMU are going to wish for the glue factory over what they experienced with the OU defense. Is 17 points, though? Like, does it have to be three or another shutout for SMU to be wanting the glue factory? You you know what I mean? Like, 17 is still a – I think it's a really good day for the OU defense, but it's not exactly a shutout. 
I don't know. Maybe it needs to be a, a shutout or three for SMU to want the glue factory over that. Oh, oh, Sark's Vodka chimed in. I've got a bone to pick. Everyone is crapping on the fans for not tailgating on Lindsay. I'm trying to plan a tailgate there, and I've realized why no one is tailgating there. Oh, uh, there's going to be a part two I, to this It feels one. like there's a part two. So let's hit a break, and then we'll come back and we'll figure out what Sark's Vodka's yeah. theory is. We'll, uh, we'll go to break with Tommy taking a uh, shot at SMU fans or students, really. No doubt a bunch of spoiled-ass brats using daddy's money. Hashtag Booma. Tommy with the walk-off there. All right, final segment of Locked In coming up next. We'll hit more OU Cruton on the other side. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Real quick before we get to uh, Sark's Vodka's text here. Dion and Colorado have emerged as a top contender for the number one quarterback in 2025, Bryce Underwood. That's happening, huh? What One win and everyone's going crazy for CU? This is... A... He and will look, be in Boulder for again, the USC game. Again, I give Dion and Colorado full credit for their impressive performance last week, the way they, come, they came out and stuck it to TCU on their home field. But this has kind of been the nature of Colorado's recruiting ever since Dion got there. Oh, there's buzz. Colorado's in the press. Oh, they're suddenly trending for XYZ recruit. They got a commitment from this guy and this guy and this guy. But then, as soon as Colorado's out of the news cycle, or there's not something to be immediately excited about, you see guys decommitting. And you've seen that on several occasions, most notably with Juwan Johnson, the four-star athlete out of Louisiana who obviously ended up uh, committing to LSU after decommitting from Colorado. But it's all been very volatile as far as Colorado's stock on the recruiting trail because it feels like the kids that warm up to Colorado are the kids that well, – and I don't want to paint with too broad a brush here, but Uh-oh. it's a lot of kids who are all about the glitz and glamour. Ooh, Dylan Edwards, he, talking to you here. Dylan Edwards says, I feel seen with that comment. <laughs> you said pretty, it, not he, me. He, but is, he is pretty good, though. He, yeah, that kid can play. He is pretty good. Uh, by the way, talking about the uh, rivals' top twenty players in the state of Texas, ten different schools have uh, commits to at least one player in the Texas top twenty. That's uh, that's crazy. I was looking on twenty four seven today. Twenty four players in the state of Oklahoma in this cycle have a rating as a uh, three star or higher. So another good year in the state. Tw- uh, twenty four players are ranked as a uh, three star or higher in state. Not bad. And their rankings need to be updated in state. I think they have Andy Bass outside the top 10. Michael Patterson McDonald is ranked outside the top 10. I want to say Josh Iasosa is ranked outside the top 10 as well. Once they update their rankings, I think the uh, OU commits in state will rank a little bit higher. Yeah, than that. guys that, right, again, a guy that not a lot of OU fans are talking about, but probably should be because he's a guy that I know for a fact folks in, in and around the Switzer Center expect him to play a meaningful role down the line for Oklahoma. Uh, Bergen Kaiser, the three-star defensive yeah. uh, three-star defensive end up at Santa Fe that's committed to OU as a walk-on right now. He had a scholarship offer to Oklahoma State, folks, and decided to walk on at Oklahoma over not only that offer from Oklahoma State, but several other FBS offers. They won at Jinx a couple weeks ago. Same they thing. did, yeah, on a blocked field goal at the buzzer from Bergen-Kaiser. Nice. See? Special teams, they're back, baby. We saw it on Saturday, and then Bergen-Kaiser is just going to block 
all, all the kicks once he gets to OU. Uh, Zeno Mosalu did pick Texas last night. That's that's not a huge surprise, um, but he is UT bound. Okay, Sark's okay. Fu- yeah, yeah. Go the, ahead, oh boy, it. this is a long text. It's because no one can figure out where the hell to park. You get towed everywhere you park on campus besides the LNC. Lindsay Street is closed all dang day, so you have to carry all your equipment to and from your car. When you call the ticket office to ask for any advice on how people have done it so far, they say we weren't given any guidance for advising fan base tailgating. All they did was open the street up for us, but closed every possibility of transporting your equipment until like 7 a.m., and then you can't move your stuff until midnight when the street opens up for vehicles again. If anyone has a solution, please, for the love of God, reach out to me. I just want to be a good fan. But, of course, the university is blasting my opportunity into outer space. If you want to have a small tailgate for five to ten people, it's dang near impossible. <laughs> five to ten people. Apparently, Reed Timmer is bringing the Dominator to uh, Lindsay Street tailgating on Saturday. Uh, so Sark, we need to get you uh, Sark Svacher, We need to get you in touch with Reed Timmer to see if you can uh, ride in the back of the Dominator on the way to tailgate on Saturday. What if we set that up? Could, would, would you would you be less stressed then? There's got. It's a great point though because parking on a game day. Oh yeah, is tough. an absolute nightmare, and you have to park in order to tailgate. Yeah. Uh, we won't be on the show together tomorrow. I think you're going uh, earlier in the day, right? Wait, what now? Are you are are, are you uh, are are you on with me tomorrow? I should be. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. I don't know. I'd... To my knowledge, yes. Um, percentage chance OU's a top eight class before we get out of here. Where are we at right now? Eighty percent. Yeah, these are like eleven, no, eight, 12 90. right now. I'll take it up to ninety. Ninety percent. We need. I'm going to have to communicate with uh, the you not being on with me tomorrow. There needs to be some things that'll be. I, I was told that you're not going to be on with me tomorrow. Oh, okay, so great. Well. We can celebrate Nigel Smith's uh, commitment day together. That'll be great. All right, The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on The Ref.